Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. Today, we are talking all about student loan forgiveness Yes, please sign me up. And if you are part of the $1.73 trillion of student loan debt in America, then you want to listen up too. So I did some research and there's not a whole lot of numbers for tuition, specifically for social work. But I do know that the average American has about $39,000 in debt, in student loan debt. So if you have student loan debt, the average number for that is going to be about 39,000. And I don't know about you, but a lot of these master's programs cost more than $39,000. So I don't know who these people are, but I know a lot of people who have much, much more than 39,000 after their bachelor's and master's combined. So If you are one of those people, and especially if you are working for the government, at a school, at a nonprofit, even in a library, then definitely listen up because the student loan forgiveness program may be the one for you. So today we're talking with Matt Armory, and we actually spoke with him earlier this summer when he came on to tell us about the student loan forgiveness program. And he contacted me again because this year they implemented a lot of really, really exciting changes to where now people's loans are just being eliminated. They're just being forgiven, like poof, you wake up, no more loan. So (laughs) that's really exciting. And we want to hear what's going on with that. Do you qualify? Can this help you? So we're going to listen to a quick ad from our sponsor, Rise Directory, and then we're going to hop right into the episode. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Rise Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Catherine. Hi, Matt. Welcome back to the Social Workers Rise podcast. It's great to be back. Yes, yes. I'm excited to hear. Well, I I was kind of ambivalent when I heard there was changes. I was like, oh, no. So is this going to be good changes or bad changes? These changes are so, so good that oh, everyone good. ought to know all about them. 
They're fantastic, groundbreaking, game-changing for people who have been in this process for a long, long, long time. Ooh, that's exciting. So, yeah. so we did an episode back in the summertime, and that was one of the most highly listened to episodes. Is that information good, or should I just scrap that? So that information, most of, a lot of it is still good, but there have been a lot of streamlined changes that cut down a lot of the bureaucratic um, hurdles that stood in the way for people for, for people to get their payments qualifying. So what I said when I was here over the summer, I think was all about how it was very important to make sure that you had the right kind of loans. It was very important to make sure that you had the right kind of repayment plan. It was very important to make sure that you paid on time and in full. Um, so what they've done with this thing that they call the limited temporary waiver is they have actually retroactively qualified a huge, huge, huge number of payments for people. So basically what they've done is, um, so previously, um, in order to consolidate your ineligible loans and the eligible loans were only, the eligible loans are still only direct loans, but previously in order to, in order to um, consolidate your loans into, uh, into direct loans, you had to give up all of the payments that you had made. Um, you were creating an entirely new loan that had zero payments on it. And as you probably, as you may remember, the whole point is to get up to 120 qualifying payments. So people were stuck in this uh, vicious cycle of having these loans that didn't qualify and feeling like they had made all these payments on them and being stuck with um, their payments going back to zero. So they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to consolidate and they didn't want to lose their payments, but they actually had zero payments. So, oh. Yeah. So people were stuck in a bad spot. A lot of people were stuck in a bad spot and a lot of people had been stuck in bad spots for 15 years, 14 years, 12 years. Um, and so they were really making zero progress toward um, actually receiving forgiveness. So one of the one of the he, one of the most important parts of this temporary waiver is that payments that you have made on on, on non-qualifying loans, and those loans are primarily um, loans written under the uh, the family education uh, lending <laughs> uh, the FEL program. I can't I can't remember exactly. Okay. What <laughs> the federal family federal family education loans. That word is there's two F's in it. Federal family education loan program. Um, those loans had previously not qualified for PSLF. Uh, public service loan forgiveness. So people were so, and the funny thing was that when public service loan forgiveness came out, um, the the bulk of the loans that were out there for people who were actually borrowers were fell loans. So most pe so a lot of people were told that there was going to be this fantastic public service loan forgiveness, weren't told that their loans didn't qualify for it. So one of the things that one of the things that's done in this temporary waiver that's really really fantastic is that all payments that you have made on non-qualifying loans in the past and those are fe that's fell loans and perkins loans which are owned by uh your college the college that you borrowed from 
um, federal family education loans. Um, they were actually owned by banks and guaranteed by the Department of Education. So it's a really was a really great deal for banks. Um, whenever anyone would go into default, they would sell the loan to the, they would sell the loan to the Department of Education and they would keep all of the interest that was paid in this gigantic fat stream that was federally regulated. And one of the huge complaints about student loans is that the, the loans have these interest rates, which are above market interest rates. Yeah. Um, so, um, so the, so the, so the first and greatest thing about this temporary waiver, which was announced on October 6th is that previously non-qualifying loans which had these provisions where if you consolidated into a direct loan, your payments would all go away. All of the payments that you have made on Fell loans and on Perkins loans, which previously you would have had to lose, all of those payments count. All of those payments qualify. Now, for a lot of people uh, who have already made 150, 160 pay, you know, payments for 15 years, payments all the way going, payments going all the way back to October 20, 2007 when this program began. Um, some of those people have already received these retroactive, these retroactive qualifying months, and they've already been uh, entirely forgiven. Um, so they've they sent out about 25,000 emails in the last couple of weeks, forgiving people's loans entirely. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really amazing. great. That's really great for those people. And the other thing and the thing that they're promising to do is count all of those payments for people who made them. Um, that's so if that's so so even if you previously even if you had previously consolidated a loan, um, you're going to get you're going to get credit for all of the payments that you made on that loan before you consolidated. And they and they're really really generous with these consolidations that are happening now. So, if you consolidate older loans with newer loans, um, if you so if, even if you were so if you even if you have like say if you've made eight years of payments on your uh, old fell loans from undergrad, and you have newer direct loans from grad school, you can consolidate those together and get. And your your consolidation loan will have the benefit of all of your payment periods back to when you first started repayment on your loans eight years ago. So people wow. are having people are having this incredible they're they're having these incredible number of payments added. Uh, people they sent out emails to people. They were saying that you'd add, that you had that you that in addition to your existing payment count, you'd have 70, 80, 110 extra payments added. And so many of those people have already had so that they're in the process of, you know, the Department of Education is in the process of uh, is in the process of working all of these things out for everyone's account. But there are so many borrowers that uh, that a lot of people are <laughs> impatient about. They're like they're like, say, I got, I got this email that said I have 45 extra payments. How come the payments aren't showing up yet? Um, they're they promised they promised when they, they in every other one of those emails that they sent out, they said it could take months for these for all of these payments to finally be added so there are a lot of people who have there are a lot of people who consolidated immediately in the beginning of october and are now like hey what's happening <laughs> how come how come my loans aren't how come my loans haven't gotten to fed loan yet um 
there's a there's a ton of those people who are out there and just in case the way i'm hearing about this is i'm a, i'm a i'm an admin on the facebook public service loan forgiveness support group which has grown incredibly uh, in the last month, I think we, we're now up to about 52,000 members. Oh my gosh, Matt. That's yeah, amazing. it's amazing. I think, yes. I, think when I, I think when I talked to you last, we had about 30,000 members. Mm-hmm. So we've really exploded. We've really, really blown up. Um, as people are like, I heard something about this. I heard something about my student loans are going to be forgiven on an accelerated schedule. I, I heard something about my loans are going to, I'm going to get extra loans. I heard something about, I heard something about they're going to be, they're extra provisions for me to get extra payments. So people have just been coming out of the woodwork. Um, and so, so the, the, the benefit where previous non-qualifying payments uh, are eligible are now, are now going to be qualifying for people who had the wrong kind of loans is one thing. Um, they're also changed. They also change. Wait, but, uh, wait, 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 before you go into the second change, okay. I just want to make sure I understand um, everything that you just said. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Let me see. A lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of the, the gist I got is, okay, one first, let's pause. And if, if you need to know what consolidation means, basically that means that when you have more than one loan, you go to like your bank or the loan gods or whoever it is, and you put them Actually, together. You, put, you just do it online. Oh, it's even easier okay. than going to your bank or, cons- or praying to your loan gods. <laughs> you, just <have laughs> even to, you just have to visit uh, the website for direct loan consolidation. Uh, cool. federal, okay. stu- federal student loan, direct loan consolidation. Just search that in Google and you'll find, you'll find, you'll actually, before you find the student aid site, you'll find a lot of trashy um, companies that are trying to privatize your loan and, um, or companies that are trying to help you out with your loan. Um, you don't want to do any of those. You want to make sure you go straight to studentaid.gov slash something or other slash whatever it is um, to consolidate your loans. And so, so consolidating loans works for multiple loans. Um, in addition, sort of counterintuitively, if you have one fell loan, you can consolidate that one fell loan into a new direct consolidation loan and you don't have to combine it with anything but the great thing about combining all of your loans together is that you as i mentioned you get the benefit of you get the benefit of the highest payment count that's on any of your loans you get the benefit of the earliest payment period the earliest month that you made any payments on any of your loans I see. So, so if yeah. so if I have like a bachelor's loan and then a master's loan, I can essentially put those two together and then count they they could potentially count the payment that I was making for my bachelor's is that am I hearing that right? So like so the, as I met, so the deal is that you try and cons- you try and accumulate <laughs> it sounds like a game. You try to accumulate qualifying payments. So if you have made 80 qualifying payments on your bachelor's loans and you've only made 10 qualifying payments on your master's loans uh, or if you have 80 qualifying payments on your bachelor's loans and you have 40 qualifying payments on your uh, on your master's loans and you have three qualifying payments on your phd loans you consolidate all those together and every single one of those loans is a combined that becomes it becomes one direct consolidation loan and it has 80 80 payments on it, 80 qualifying payments. So, wow. And so then that means potentially 
your bachelor's and your master's and maybe your like part of your PhD or your pre-HD loans would be forgiven as long as you've made all of those qualifying payments? They would be forgiven at all at the same time. So in the, in the past, people would have um, people who had bachelor's degree loans, people who had master's degree loans, people who had PhD loans would have three separate uh, timelines that they were paying back on. So they would have, they would have, uh, so their bachelor's loans, loans would be paid back when they reached 120, 120 payments on their bachelor's yeah, loans. And then their master's degree loans would be paid back when you reached 120 payments on your, ma- on your master's loans. And finally your PhD loans would be, uh, would be paid off when you, when you've made 120 payments on those, what they're doing now, which is totally incredible and totally mind boggling and, almost broke our brains as moderators and admins because we were so convinced that it could not be, it could, it was not possible for, for this to actually happen. Um, We were, we were sort of, at one point we were kind of angered by it because we felt it was not fair. (laughs) (laughs) It was not fair. And then we just discovered that that was the new rule. And so I, for one, I think like I was I was very vocal at the beginning and I was like, no, this can't be true. It can't be true because someone who has dental, someone who has someone who has bachelor's loans from 12 from 10 years ago and has dental school loans (laughs) from two weeks ago. How could they possibly do that? How could they possibly forgive all those loans on 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 one schedule? But it's true. It, 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 the, but it's really true. So in addition to, so there, there are a couple other features of this temporary waiver that are both, that are really, really excellent. So in addition to people who had non-qualifying loans and when they consolidated their loans, it became a new loan and had zero payments. In addition to those people getting a great break and having all of their payments before consolidation count and qualify, People who were on the wrong repayment plan, um, people who were on a, people who were on an extended plan. I, you, I think I might have talked a little bit about temporary expanded public service loan forgiveness the last time I talked. Um, that was set up in 2018 because certain people were on these less expensive payment plans. Uh, they were on these extended payment plans. Uh, these are plans that had a had a. 20 or a 30 year time frame. Um, the, and so they had a much, a much lower monthly payment. Those people at the beginning of public service loan forgiveness were told that they were, that they were qualifying. We were told that their payments qualified, but then in 2017, when they came to try and, uh, when they came to try and collect, when they came to try and achieve public service loan forgiveness, they were suddenly told that no, they had zero payments because they had been on the wrong plan. Mm. So that was that was really tragic for people. Um, so, in under this temporary waiver, um, payments made under any plan, any repayment plan, also qualify. So, people who have made people who made um, people who made smaller payments uh, for years and years and years. All of those payments, which had not qualified in the past, all of those payments are qualifying now. Wow! Yeah, yeah. What a what a deal! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So when they told you, nope, sorry, you it doesn't count. Now you may be eligible for for forgiveness. 
now you are eligible for forgiveness. Wow. All you have to, so, you know, you, so, and the, and the, and you don't have to do anything. The department of education is doing this all behind the scenes. So previously um, you had been stuck with your loan servicer and your loan servicer only had records from the time that you were with the loan servicer and the loan servicer would sell, would sell your loan willy nilly to another loan servicer. So, people who had been paying for 10 years had four different loan servicers and they couldn't get, they couldn't make hide nor hair. They could, you know, they couldn't find their entire payment history or like one of their loan servicers had conveniently gone out of business. Mm -hmm. um, one of their loan servicers had records that were in a, that records that were not available. Um, not available. <laughs> not, <laughs> not available. Exactly. So people would have, so people, so like, you know, people would have to go crazy and do freedom of information actual act requests for their entire set of records from the department of education. So the department of education always had all of these records. They just never shared them with the servicers. I, I, anyway. <laughs> so what's happening now is that the department of education based on their complete set of records is going back through all of those records for every single borrower for every single time period that they paid, and they are retroactively qualifying every payment, regardless of payment plan, uh, and also regardless of whether it was paid late or whether it was paid for less than the full amount that was billed. So a huge amount of these bureaucratic, arbitrary rules which prevented payments from qualifying in the past, they've all been swept away under this temporary waiver. Wow. So, so really what it's a really what it's a waiver of is these bureaucratic rules that these these really complicated Byzantine rules that prevented payments from qualifying. So this temporary limited waiver allows for people to consolidate their loans, hopefully consolidate their loans into one single loan, take advantage of the first payment period, the highest payment count of any of their loans and and allow for payments that were made on previously non-qualifying payments plans, allow for payments that were made late, allow for payments that were made for sh that were made for short money that were made for less than the amount that was billed. All of those payments count. And so this is a huge, huge, huge change. And um, our numbers at in our numbers in the Facebook group have exploded. Um, the numbers of, you know, there's a, there's another peer to peer community on Reddit, a subreddit called r slash uh, PSLF. Both of these are great resources to find out information um, about public service loan forgiveness, especially because right now um, the wait times for, to be up to, to get any news from fed loan are like two, three hours. And then you call, and then when you ask your simple question, they just say, no, you got to wait. Oh. <laughs> no, you got to wait. <laughs> Which is really, really, really frustrating for people, even though some of the people who work for FedLoan are incredibly knowledgeable and are able to offer a great deal of help. They're just completely overwhelmed right now. So right. taking advantage of, uh, of our, our group on Facebook, taking advantage of, of, of r slash PSLF, great ways to get simple answers to your simple questions rather than waiting on hold for three and a half hours. That makes sense. I have questions though, because I'm okay. I'm always skeptical. I mean, it's about time, but I'm still skeptical, right? Um, <laughs> you and a lot, let me say, you and a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, for the for the PSLF, do you have do you still have to have worked in a certain um, setting, like a nonprofit, or I think it was a nonprofit or a school system or something like yeah. that? So the definition of public service for to qualify for PSLF that has not changed. The definition is um, either a government uh, institution, either either a federal, uh, state, uh, you know, low, a federal, state, municipal, or tribal government. That you know. So if you're working for the government, you're definitely working in public service. If you're working for a 501c3 nonprofit, you are 100% eligible for public service loan forgiveness, all of, you know, for as long as you work for that company. Um, And there's also some additional nonprofits that have, that are not 501c3s, but they're involved in public service loan lines of business, have public service missions. Some of those uh, organizations, which are not 501c3 organizations, some of those organizations are also eligible. Now there's this huge process going on. So forgive me, for, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So that was your question was about, your question was about public service, how, what the definition is, and that has not changed. It's still government employment, 501c3 employment, employment or a small number of other um, nonprofits. So okay. That is, yeah. And so you still would have had to been working in one of those settings and paying the loan. Is that right? Yeah. So okay. in order, in order, so the, the remaining provisions are that you have to be working in public service, in public service, and you have to make 120 payments. So, um, yeah, so that, so what they've done is they've, they, the way that the reason, I think the reason that they set this up was that there were, there was a, there were a huge number of people who had been paying for years and years and years and years, and they had not made any progress towards public service loan forgiveness. And the, the, the idea was that, you know, this felt, the program felt like a huge failure because it hadn't really um, addressed the needs of borrowers. It had, mm. you know, like people were, people were working in public service. People were working for local governments, people working for people in the military were unable to achieve, you know, these are like career military people, career government people, career nonprofit people. They were still unable to achieve public service loan forgiveness. And so what the, what the temporary waiver is really aimed at, is those people who've been working a long time have not been able to make any progress towards public service loan forgiveness, have been stuck in these loans that have these bad interest rates, are, have been stuck with these loans that are growing beyond the original principle, even though people have been making payments for eight, nine, 12 years. Um, right. It's about time. I mean, it should have been set up like this from the beginning. But it I really am, should have. And they've I'm, been and they've and they've 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 really that what they're trying to do is uh, what what the secretary of education and the president are really trying to do is fulfill the promise that was made when public service loan forgiveness was established in 2007. And ever since then, it's been a very, very broken system. And it had a lot of it had a lot of hoops that you had to jump through, um, and some people were able to jump through all those hoops. Like my loan was repaid in June, 
Um, and I think I mentioned that the last time I was here, but my, my loan was actually repaid. I went through all, I went through all the steps. I, I've, I've worked in a public library for 10 years <laughs> and, uh, I, and I found myself on, I, and I arranged to get on a qualifying, a qualifying repayment plan and I accumulated payments. Um, so I actually was, I'm actually a success, but there are, there are hundreds of, there are hundreds of thousands, million, maybe even millions of people who are not in that position people who just assumed that they were okay because they heard about public service loan forgiveness and they <laughs> and they and they thought that because they were uh working with the public <laughs> in their fast food restaurant or working in the working with the working with the public in their or even working in their public in within a in a hot in a hospital that was mm-hmm. that was not a nonprofit, private um, practice in yeah. private practice, they were, yeah, private practice, um, sole proprietorship, partnership does not qualify. Now, mm-hmm. there's a huge, um, there's a huge, huge, huge rule changing pro- process that's going on right now. Uh, it's called uh, negotiated rulemaking. And so these, there have been hearings for the last couple of months about many, many, many rule changes. Um, so that people who talk about student loan forgiveness often talk about how, um, it's possible for the president unilaterally to forgive all student loans. Um, and there are people who believe that, um, but there are also um, banks that hold student loans that would certainly uh, sue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in order to preserve their fat revenue stream that's back, that's backstopped by the department of education. So because, because um, you know, because banks have counsel, <laughs> The president and the department and the, and the secretary of education have been very wary of acting outside of their authority. Um, and so there was a huge there's a huge rule changing pro- process going on that, that could that. So many, many, many changes will probably be announced in, say, September of 2023. That's how long it takes for rule changes to get made on the federal level. But but what they did before that process began was, or before that process really got moving, was they made they made these big changes that they that they in order to in order to help public service loan forgiveness really fulfill its original promise. They made these they made these really great changes. One of the other things, you know, a couple of these things that a couple of these other provisions are that there there's soon going to be um, matching for federal employees, like federal employees and people who are in the military, people who work for the VA, people who work for people who work for any federal bureaucracy. It's almost impossible for those people to find anyone to sign off on their uh, on their employment certification. So we had talked about, I think, I think you, if, if you remember what I said before, there are two main things. There's, there's loan consolidation to, to achieve, to ha- to get an L, to get a qualifying loan. Um, and then there's employment certification where, where you, where you are, your, your, your boss is your employer is signing off on yeah. the fact that you were employed for this year or that you were employed for these five years or that you were employed that so that, that those are that's the verification mechanism mm-hmm. okay so for people who were in the military for people who were in the federal government it was almost impossible for them to actually get and find anyone to sign off on this form um, just because the bureaucracy was so insane so there's this 
federal employee data matching project which is going on which will allow for federal employee this is going to this has not been this has not been stood up yet but very soon there's going to be an ability for federal employees and for military employees to uh to to get their data matched and for for them to for them to qualify for them to have their employment sort of certified automatically one other thing that was part of this that was part of this um temporary waiver from the very beginning is that um one of the things that one of the things that's that's been difficult for for borrowers is that periods of forbearance and periods of deferment don't count towards public service loan forgiveness Hmm. Uh, what they did though to change that was for military people who were on uh on uh military forbearance military deferment they actually are they're allowing those months of military forbearance and military deferment to qualify even if people were not uh even if people were not in in quote unquote repayment status. So one of the things that was that's been really really terrible about the way the servicers have operated for, you know, ever since 2007 was it was in their script to say, "Oh, you're having trouble paying, you're having trouble paying, we'll just go into forbearance." Because mm. it was like the easiest thing. It was the top thing on their list. And when I first started being trained to um by when I first started to learn about public service loan forgiveness, one of the first things that I heard was that the people who are the operators at the loan servicers have a script that they go through. And it's the easiest thing is for them to just press a button and move somebody into forbearance, press a button and move somebody into deferment, press a button. And rather than negotiate with them and tell them that they have the option of that because they have no money, because they have no, because they have no income, because they have no job, they have the option of going into into income driven repayment. And what that will do is calculate your payment based on your income rather than just going into deferment. So in a lot of cases for people who don't have a lot of income, income driven repayment will actually result in a $0 payment. And that payment for that of that $0 for that month would qualify for public service loan forgiveness. But people went into deferment and forbearance for years and years and years before they realized that those years and years did not qualify for public service loan forgiveness. So that happened to people in the military as well. And for people in the military, that one kind of forbearance and deferment has been turned into a, has been turned into qualifying payments. There are, there are lots of there are some other things in the rule changes that are trying to address that, trying to make that a little bit better for other for people who are not in the military. Um, but those people are still squawking that they're getting a raw deal, um, and you know, and to a certain extent, to a certain extent, they have they have a case. They have a they have a point. Right. Um, they have been. They were done. They were. They have been wrong. They were wronged by their servicer eight years ago. They were wronged by their servicer six years ago. Um, but it's been very difficult for people. Um, the services are kind of like Teflon. Um, there've been, there've been, I think like maybe five or eight, 20 lawsuits against Navi, just Navient, <laughs> just one of the servicers. Um, and they have always settled without, without admitting any fault. Mm. Um, one of the most recent cases, which was uh, the very most recent case, um, resulted in a settlement that 
achieved basically basically most of the provisions that are in this temporary waiver uh, and also achieved um, review, uh, you know, a, 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 re a, you know, a reconsideration board so that people uh, who had been denied for bear, who have been denied public service loan forgiveness in the present will get a reconsideration through, will get, will, they'll get, you know, they'll get a board to examine what the why they were for why they didn't get the why they didn't get it and they'll get and they'll get a chance to get it again and that board those those that reconsideration board is also going to be set up for people who were denied in the past so that's something that really did come out of class action lawsuit and then there was a there was and the the nine there were nine named plaintiffs in a case that was recently settled by Navient who had been victims of that very same they were put on def they were put into forbearance rather than being told that there was a zero dollar payment option available to them but navient only repaid those nine people's loans <laughs> right of course they did oh my gosh. so they had they so they skated out of this class action um uh I, I could go on for hours about how Navient is a terrible company. Oh, we won't give them that much press. We won't. <laughs> we'll get into that, no. um, I did have another question is because you keep refer you keep saying temporary waiver. Is it like what does that mean? Does that mean it's going to end soon? Do we have to get in this now? Why what it, why is it called temporary? So it's called temporary because it has a because it has an end date. But the end date is um, October 31st of 2022. So up until from now, up until October of 2020, up, up until October of 2022, you have the ability to consolidate your loans and have all of your loans bundled up into one loan and have the highest payment, the highest count of qualifying payments on any of your loans. Um, and eat, so that's even if you've consolidated in the past, even if you consolidated, if you, if you had, if you had loans from 2009 and you consolidated them in 2012 and you've had those loans and up until now, if you, if you consolidate all those loans together, you get all of your payments back to 2009, not to 2012 when you consolidated for the first time, all the way back to 2009. So this is a fantastically generous uh, set offer for people. And in order to, the trade-off for that is that because this, because this waiver is sort of authorized by um, funds that are related to COVID, um, they did have to have a sunset provision in it. So this, the reason it's called temporary is because it ends in October, of, in, in, on October 31st of 2022. But if you but you got plenty of time to consolidate your loans before between now and then. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, plenty of time. It's well, also called the, it's called the limited temporary waiver as got well because it. Okay. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't take away all of the bureaucratic provisions of public service loan forgiveness, just most of the ones that caused payments not to qualify. I see. Okay, and when you consolidate your loan 
is there a way to lower the interest rate on those loans too? Because I'm kind of thinking, like, what is there any drawback to consolidating these loans that we should be aware of, like a higher payment or I don't so know, one, something? So you mentioned you mentioned two things in there. One is interest rates. Um, so um, most people are used to minimizing their interest rate and paying down their interest and trying to chip away at their principal in order to avoid financial ruin at the hands of um, rapacious uh, creditors like the Department of Education (laughs) and Navient and all of the servicers. So people have this mindset around debt, which is very much around preserving their uh, quote unquote low interest rate from their from the bank that's their friend. So the bank is not your friend <laughs> under any mm. circumstances. And um, the thing about public service loan forgiveness is, by and large, the payments that you're making under your income driven repayment plan are not even going to pay your interest. So Ugh. what? So, well, no, but because, because you're making a, because you're on a plan that has a limited duration, you are getting all of your interest and all of your principal written off at the end of those 120 payments. So it's really a different mindset, a completely different mindset than a typical loan where you're trying to chip away, where, where it's great to make extra payments on your loan, um, for public service loan forgiveness, it's 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 absolutely not a good idea to make any extra payments because making the minimum payment for the for 120 payments is going to get you the lowest possible amount of um, total cost of your loan, and making any extra payments is only going to decrease the amount of forgiveness that you get at the end. So um, you asked about interest rates and um, interest rates are really not a concern for public service, for people who are seeking public service loan forgiveness. Now, if you think that you might not uh, last 10 years in your, uh, in, your in your public service loan position, then maybe you want to consider uh, a more traditional approach to your student loan debt. But... Um, so there, like, there are people who, you know, who teach for four years and decide that they can't teach anymore. And some of those people are eligible for a different program called teacher loan forgiveness, especially if they're working in teacher loan forgiveness is for people who work in title one schools and it has a big payout for people who are skilled teachers in STEM fields uh, or have a, or have an advanced degree. Um, but basically what it does is it gives you the maximum payout under that is, is $17,500. And those, and you know, for somebody who has, for somebody who has grad school loans, $17,500 is not an awful lot. Right. Uh, And then the other thing that they do is for people who are not quote unquote skilled teachers is they they give $5,000 for five years of working in a, in a title one school. Um, And you know, that's a, and that's hard work. Yeah, um, that's really hard work, and it really wears on people. Um, so if you're if you're in a place where you don't think you're going to stay, then maybe you should um, think about leaving and think about finding a, another municipal, another government, empl- another government job, or another or another nonprofit job. Because one of the great one of the fantastic things about 
qualifying payments is they don't need to be made consecutively. You don't have to uh, you don't have to teach for ten years. You can take time off. Um, you can take you can take time off to have a family. You can take you can take seven years off and come back and you have your same payment count from before you from before you from before. So, okay, the public awesome. service loan forgiveness is fantastic. Yeah, um, and it's a great way to it's a great way to chip. It's a great way to you know avoid chronic indebtedness. I mean the the whole reason that I start the whole reason that I started to be interested in public service loan forgiveness was this friend of mine who, you know, she had had like maybe $120,000. I, I say maybe $120,000. I say $120,000 because $120,000 is not a huge amount of debt for somebody to have. I mean, it's an incredible amount of debt, but for people who have, you know, for people who find their way into public service loan forgiveness, it's actually not out of the ordinary. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so people have huge amounts of debt that are that are all completely forgiven. Um, I think the the largest forgiveness that I've seen was something like four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. a whole house. Maybe that's a two. whole house. Exactly. <laughs> maybe two houses. <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending, you... depending on where you live. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe three. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's wild. So, you know, so that so there's so much incredible stuff about, you know, bef- even before these changes, public service with loan forgiveness was a great, great deal. Now that there's this, now that they've, now that they've, now that they're qualifying all these back payments, now that they're qualifying all these payments that were made under non-qualifying plans, now that they're qualifying all these payments that were made late or made for less than the amount of money that they, that was billed. This is just an absolutely incredible deal. I mean, it, it like I said before, it, it broke our heads thinking about how generous this was. Yes, um, that's amazing. So I know people are going to want to know, do their loans qualify? Where can I read this in print for my own eyeballs? Where yeah. do where do you go for information? So one of the things that's all, one of the things that's really terrible about that's been really terrible about this program is that the information has been really slow to get out there and the people who have and the people who purport to know the most about this are um, scam artists. Mm. <laughs> like if you get a call from somebody who says I want to help you out with your student loans, I can I can help you get forgiven, you want to hang up on that person and you want right. to report them to the you want to report them to the business, better business bureau, you want to report them to your state attorney general, you want to report them to the newly reconstituted consumer finance protection board. Um, you know, so people, so the people who people who've been people have been saying that they have information about public service loan forgiveness, but really from the years 2007 to 2012, it was like a blackout. It was like a black box. Nobody really knew anything. Um, in 2012, there began to be this tiny bit of transparency around it when they introduced the employment certification form, um, which allowed you to submit your employees to submit information from your employer and you could actually see online how many payments you had made up until then it was anybody's guess um Mm. it was you know you had to you had to rely on you had to rely on the good faith of your terrible loan servicer (laughs) who was selling your loans all the way around and there was no transparency whatsoever and it was completely mis. it was not that it was mismanaged it was that it was part of the it was part of the general culture of 
running student loans like a business as opposed to running student loans like a service. Um, you know, the, the loan servicers are, they have fiduciary duty to their shareholders and their owners. Borrowers are um, clients. Bar- borrowers are assets. <laughs> for right, right. So um, have they gotten better? Is there a place that we can go to like see more information? There, so the student aid, studentaid.gov is actually a really, really good website these days. And there's, there are huge amounts of, uh, there are huge, there's huge amount of data about huge amounts of huge amounts of frequently asked questions. All of the data, all of the rules for this program are on that website. And that website has, is actually updated frequently. Um, so in the last month, there have been huge numbers of questions, huge number of questions that have come up and a huge number of questions that have been answered on that website. So basically, um, studentaid.gov will get you access to um, your, pay- your loan payment records. And studentaid.gov slash um, PSLF is the uh, is the P- the PSLF help tool, which will help you generate automatically, automatically <laughs> like magic, <laughs> a, a form that you can get your employer to sign. So it's really, really simple to create this. It's really, really simple to do this process that had been um, opaque before. Sure. Uh, okay. So and- if you ser- if you search for public service loan forgiveness and you go to the studentaid.gov website, as opposed to going to the like student loan hero or uh earnest <laughs> or these mm-hmm. private companies that are trying to say oh p- search student loans are too complicated you'll never pay them back just come to us and we'll give you a lower interest rate but when you take when you privatize your loan when you can cons- when you refinance your loan with a private company you completely lose the ability to uh qualify for public service loan forgiveness and um, there are lots of people who find themselves in the position of saying, I've been paying for, I was, I was paying for nine years and then I refinance with SoFi and uh, when do I qualify? <laughs> and mm. the answer is never. <laughs> you, yeah. do, you do not qualify and you never will. That hurts. Um, so yeah, these, so these companies and their search engine optimization often jump up to the top um, of a Google search, for example, and you know, like you'll find these ads at the top of Google search results. Right. Well, the what link... you really want to do is go to studentaid.gov um, and look for information about PSLF, and look for information okay. about temporary expanded PSLF, and look for information about the limited temporary waiver for um, fantastic access to the incredibly generous benefits that are being offered. Yes, and we have those links in the show notes, so you can just. Tap the link, go there. You don't have to worry about scammers. It is the correct link. And also to go to the Facebook page if you have a really quick question or you could probably even search for your question. It might have been asked in the group already. And that link is <laughs> also in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I posted the other day, yes, we probably have answered your question. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it got like, it got like 400 responses. <laughs> Oh my so, gosh. Hey, did you answer this? Yes. Did you answer this? Yes, we already did. 
Well, God bless you for going through 400 responses because <laughs> that's a lot. I, mean, I have a, I, I work with a fantastic um, admin and mod team of like 16 um, public service loan forgiveness geeks. <laughs> and, uh, and to tell you the truth, I'm not the geekiest of all of us. There are people who, there are people who know much more about this system than I do. Um, and some of them actually work for FedLoan. Um, oh, that's awesome. The thing is that you have to talk, you have to wait for an awfully long time to get any answers from FedLoan. And you have to really know what you're talking about in order to get answers from FedLoan. Yes. Um, their phone reps, the first level of phone reps who work for FedLoan, um, they really don't know an awful lot about public service loan forgiveness. Even the second line people don't really know an awful lot about public service loan forgiveness. I had a, I had a really tough question that I had to ask that I asked on the phone and then I asked in email uh, and I didn't get any satisfactory results. And then what I did finally was I sent Facebook a mess. I sent fed loan a message on Facebook and not only did they respond, but they called me back. Wow. But they called me back and I was like, I was, I was surprised and skeptical (laughs) that they had actually called me back, but it was, it was them. And that person returned my, that person who returned my call gave me exactly the answer to the question that I was really asking. And it took me a while to actually figure out, to actually figure out what my question was and to ask it in the right way. But when I asked it to that person in the right way, she was able to say, Yes, that is absolutely the case. Um, okay, so, so there's there's a little hack for getting a response. <laughs> there is a little hack there for getting a response, and also, you know, I think I think they actually monitor their Twitter. <laughs> so, if you're on Twitter, not like me, um, I think that sometimes they do respond to things on Twitter as and but but yeah, definitely messaging them on Facebook is a really good way to get in touch with them. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate all of the information you that you so shared. Welcome. You I are feel so your, welcome. I feel your passion for this. I'm glad someone has a passion for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our strange passions, don't we? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> all right, Matt, you take care. You take care, Catherine. And thank you very, very much for this opportunity. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot. So after we recorded this, Matt let me know that he's actually providing a free workshop this week on December 9th, 2021, that's a Thursday, called Public Service Student Loan Forgiveness Unboxed. This is your chance to see him live, to get your questions answered, and to just learn more about the everything that we covered in the podcast. So the link is in the show notes. Definitely register if you can make the date. And until then, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, 
just wanna leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.